0: Welcome to The Bible Preacher, your weekly podcast where we talk about the Bible and make a playlist. I'm Reverend Matt Taylor,
1: pastor here at St. Mark's Lutheran Church in Campus Ministry in Los Angeles. And my name is Zach Paris. I am uh, an ordained minister of both Word and Sacrament, which puts me at the top of the pay scale, in the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. Just kidding. Uh, it's... There's equity on the pay scale. And I fulfill that call, Matt, live it out, by being the pastor of Lutheran Campus Ministry at the University of Colorado Boulder, where we work together with St. Aidan's Episcopal Church to support a community of students in a Tuesday night meal that we call Bread and Belonging.
0: Well done. Well done, sir. We're going super detailed uh, today, because we imagine this is a week when a lot of new listeners are going to tune in. Yep, and they want know who we are. What, uh, what <laughs> we're up to. Let me tell you what I've been up to in our context. Uh, We've been rebuilding the church here, putting in a new preschool that we're going to open. We are going to open in mid-July, which is a month ago from when you'll hear this podcast. But we are racing to the finish line. And today, Zach, I just had, um, yesterday I had 50 bags of red mulch delivered uh, from Home Depot. uh, And it wasn't enough. So today I had 100 bags delivered, two pallets. Right in that parking lot, I got. That's a lot of mulch. It's Can't a stop till
1: you get enough. That's, that song was actually about mulch. <laughs> it was about mulch. <laughs> it, was about it is one of those things. You're like, I'll just get some mulch for this landscape, yeah. and it's never enough. Yeah, they're like, they're like,
0: how much? How much do you think we're gonna need? I was like, I don't know. I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea. Well, okay. And then someone's like, I'll donate some bags. And they brought thirteen bags. I was like, Wow, thank you so much. That's so many bags. We piled them up. It covered like a very small area. Mm -hmm. They were so gentle, it was great. It was really nice of them. I had no idea I was gonna need 200 bags of mulch. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, we have never, we haven't done a whole lot of landscaping, so we're basically just covering everything with bright red wood chips to make it look fresh. (laughs) For the moment, but still, just a lot. Just a lot of of mulch. Uh, We didn't really know what we were doing. I had uh, my four year olds working out there yesterday, laying down the mulch. They were very energetic and excited for 30 minutes. And then decided they were done uh, working. For Thirty the day. minutes. is
1: good. That's great. <laughs> it's
0: good. That's good. A lot of energy. A lot of a lot of energy. A lot of entertainment for passersby who pointed and laughed uh, a lot. So that mm-hmm. was that was fun. And then there was one uh, helpful passerby uh, who, um, after we got about halfway through, um, came by with a giant roll of plastic and said, "You need to put this plastic tarp down before you lay that mulch out, because if you lay it out over top of the dirt, like that grass is just going to come right back up." like really fast here in the summer so you need to take that and uh, it was really nice of him to donate this whole roll of plastic and he gave us this little tool with a razor blade in it to cut the plastic I was like this is a fancy little tool uh, but we had already done so then we were like trying to figure out how to move the mulch around to get the plastic this is this is my job this is the job this is what we were prepared you for you gotta get that weed uh, barrier in the man um, yeah I know it's it sounds like time, so I'm not really an expert I might be able to I recruit
1: don't. you <laughs> to a subreddit that I've recently joined uh, called oh. Lawn Care. <laughs> great. That sounds yeah, great. That's I've good. learned a lot about lawns uh, and more than wow. I need to know. Uh, and uh, yeah, you should check it out on subreddit, um, on Reddit. Subreddit <laughs> Lawn Care.
0: Amazing. Amazing stuff. I don't know, like, we're doing lawn stuff. Uh, I've got air conditioning in here now. Have I talked Ooh, about the air conditioner no. already? We had to replace uh, two air conditioners and furnaces. We have three in our building. Two of them need to be replaced. Mm -hmm. One uh, furnace was so old that the people that came to replace this, I've never seen one this old. I can't believe you still have this in here. This seems kind of dangerous to even have this hooked up. uh, And so we had to replace them. Cost is a good Uh, (laughs) $17,000. But it was all worth it because they brought a crane to come and lift the one off the roof. Like the yeah. old one off the roof. It was just like, I was like, I was like a four-year-old boy. I was like, whoa, look at that. Look at them. that crane just lifting it up. And it kind of swings there, you know, over the church. And you're just kind of hoping it's like, oh, my gosh. So I was very excited about that. And then I was telling the site supervisor later how excited I was. He said, you should see when they bring the helicopters out. Sometimes it's a little too far for the crane to get it. Oh. Uh, and so they bring a little helicopter. And they, like, assemble it. They like, put the little things. They bring the, they bring the helicopter out of a truck, like a flatbed. And they, like, put it on. And they go over. He's like, it's really it's like wow, wow. So uh, this is the call again, Zach. This is yeah. This is the call to the not enough
1: uh, crane classes in seminary.
0: No, no, not at all. Mm-hmm. I was never taught how to. I'm
1: well, right now acting deck up a letter while you talk to Jim Neiman, president of the LSTC, about the failures of my theological education and, and ways that we could. That's a good that.
0: idea. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a very good idea.
1: As a former member of the alumni board who contributed nearly nothing. Uh, to that institution I feel like I've got a lot of influence there now good that's good you can you can be an in, you can be an influencer <laughs> isn't that isn't that what we're also trying I mean, to it, do
0: I mean I can tell because um, I mean I imagine that you're the one recommending that they uh, post uh, the posts written by friend of the pod Tim Brown they uh, do on a, yeah. a pretty regular basis pretty regular yeah. basis
1: whoever um, it is who runs LSTC social social internet really into tim brown i mean who isn't
0: yeah friend of the pod we, we love him mm-hmm. just uh just it's, it's noticeable so every once in a while lstc you could throw a bone to the vinyl preacher just saying just saying we got
1: occasionally <laughs> we hit on something of the quality of a tim brown facebook post
0: <laughs> occasionally yeah
1: he i mean that one with like she's days, an alum he's kind of had days, like you know man.
0: yeah he does love the feast days it's true I should do my own feast days, like when it's Dan Marley's birthday. <laughs> I don't think that's what I'm going to do next time. Instead of just being like, happy birthday to Dan Marley, I'd be like, today's mm-hmm. the feast day
1: it's of St. Thunder.
0: The patron saint of thunder. <laughs> patron saint of weather patterns. The Christian
1: version of Odin. <laughs> or Thor, whichever one.
0: Be great. I'm pretty sure that I did have like a poster of him dunking that had like lightning bolts or something. Mm-hmm. It's, it sounds right. I also remember there was a... Um, there was, I used to collect basketball cards when I was a child I a shame that I refused to let my mom throw away. It's It's a real shame. Uh, and I remember there was like a little series called Thunder and Lightning. And it'd be like Karl Malone and John Stockton. Because we always think of like yeah, John yeah, Stockton yeah. and Lightning for sure. Dunno One of the fastest too. people alive.
1: <laughs> um, but, he didn't you know, have like, it'd be like Thunder and, and Lightning. down. You know? Oh, yeah. Right. Also, he didn't have right. the vaccine. So that kept him fast. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> you seen that? He's an anti-vaxxer. What? Yeah. No way. He's in a documentary that's, oh, that's Newsmax style. That's too bad. Who knew Carl Malone was the smart one?
0: Who knew? Who knew? Speaking of basketball, now that we've moved on to our NBA pod. Yeah. Uh, two to one. Sun's up uh, currently. Now, you'll be listening to this again a month after the finals are completed. After but, uh, the at first the moment, game of
1: the NFL season, you'll be listening to this.
0: a lot the NFL season, which uh, let's be honest, the state of Wisconsin cares much more deeply about. Uh, used to however, it. I will say, I saw the crowds uh, while watching that finals game in what is now referred to as the Deer District. Uh, my <laughs> brother, who lives in Wisconsin, really wants to go down there and just hang out in the Deer District, mm-hmm. which is what they're calling it. Uh, and then, um, and then my in-laws were texting to fear the deer, and Chris was like, "What is that a thing? Fear the deer?" It doesn't even make sense. Who fears a deer? Like she started going off, and I was like, "Wow, hot take from Chris." That is hot incredible, from
1: Chris. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, next time we get Chris uh, on a pod or a happy hour. By next time, um, do you mean I've, the first time? The first time. first time. Uh, got a new t- got a new hot take from the <sighs> vinyl uh, the California vinyl spouse. Uh, she was getting frustrated with our reusable Ziploc, and she uttered the phrase. Single-use plastics caught on for a reason. <laughs> and I was like, this is incredible. Chris, running for single-use plastics. Everybody else, like, on the anti-single-use plastics bandwagon. ELCA Young Adults, like, Ooh. focusing on single-use plastics. Chris is like, look, they caught on for a reason. I'm here for single-use plastics. It's incredible. Incredible stuff. <laughs>
1: Love it. <laughs> we we tried to stay away from... From uh, wedge issues here on the podcast, but I might be closer to Chris than, than than you might think, though my house has an entire drawer in the kitchen devoted to single-use, 87 single-use plastic bags, <laughs> or not single-use, unsingle-use, uh, whatever you call it, Re- multiple-use. Yeah. Uh, but there's like, you know, it... I mean, it's like the whole grocery bag thing, that you've got to use that grocery bag like two hundred. times. <laughs> That's where times. she went next. Yeah. That's literally where she went next. Like, now we got
0: these thick grocery bags. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> it's incredible. You're right. It's the grocery bag thing. Now they're thicker. Because you can, the Target ones say you can reuse them, I don't know, a couple hundred times, which I'm mm-hmm. sure we all
1: do. So. Or the canvas bags, you're supposed to, like, in order to balance out, you know, to offset the, the added carbon cost of creating... The canvas bag versus the plastic bag. You have to use it like 200,000 times or whatever. Uh, some number that you're definitely not going to achieve. But there's something to doing things that don't make a difference in order to to, to change the narrative, the conversation. That's right. Uh, you know, that's not nothing, I guess.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's why I drive a Prius.
1: I drive an electric car. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, speaking of people who are trying to make the world a better place here's King Solomon
1: oh. he's changed his ways as we talked about last week. yeah he's got this new vow he quit quit worshiping at the altars of Baal I'm well, not really Baal oh, but on top and. of the mountain and he has decided now to do uh, he's asked for wisdom, God has granted it and wisdom. And a uh, never-ending line of heirs uh, because Solomon displayed the false modesty that God really likes to see.
0: Yeah, he's, uh, he is something else. And today, are we getting the Ark of the Covenant?
1: Oh, this is it. Is this a Raiders Henry, of the Lost Ark podcast? Henry Raiders Henry of the Lost Indiana Ark Jones. Celebrating
0: 40 Years.
1: You need to create a Facebook Saint Day for Henry Indiana Jones this week oh I gotta do this oh I'm so excited the, the, the what do you call it the saint who like four things what did the patron saint of uh colonization colon it would have been funnier if I got the word out yeah. colonization yeah colonization There good we go it would be great I tried to split the difference the between colonization and colonialism and it didn't work out
0: oh wow there is a good movie waiting to be made like a good like Indiana Jones like somebody should take it on uh, Like, I'm trying to think, like, who could do, like, a, just a, like, a decolonized Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> like, you could still have Harrison Ford in it, but you just, like, uh-huh. you actually recognize that it's 2021, and we don't, like, we have a different way of thinking about this, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, somebody could make a really good, I don't know, be like Creed or something, I don't know. It'd
1: I mean, good. I feel like every week we get on this podcast, and we're like, we have a great idea for a movie or a miniseries, why won't anyone hire us to write it? I think you have to write it first, and then you beg for money. Isn't that how it works?
0: It's going to be Indiana Jones in reverse, and he like just robs for museums to put them back.
1: You're in okay. L.A. Matt. you got to find us a producer.
0: I'll work on it. I'll work on it. My, my new bishop has experience in the industry, so maybe she can help us. You mean your new
1: bishop, we'll get her future on future pod. podcast guest?
0: Bishop, bishop like Brenda, future podcast guest.
1: We'll get her on, there. then we'll ask her about how we get our ideas made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to get her on the podcast under the the pretense that we're going to interview her about being bishop and, and being elected bishop and what it's like to be a bishop and that we care about her and her life but really we're gonna uh then um it's kind of a surprise attack uh please help us get our help us make it in hollywood
0: that's that's what we're gonna do that's gonna be our surprise attack so now all we have to do is make sure she doesn't listen to this episode
1: first don't know if that'll be a problem
0: It's going to be great. A reading from 1 Kings. 1 Kings. Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes, the leaders of the ancestral houses of the Israelites, before King Solomon in Jerusalem. That's cool. He uh, assembled them before King Solomon. Solomon assembled them before King Solomon to bring (laughs) up the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of the city of David, which is Zion. Then the priests brought the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord to its place in the inner sanctuary of of the house, in the most holy place, underneath the wings of the cherubim. And when the priests came out of the holy place, a cloud filled the house of the Lord so that the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the assembly of Israel. He spread out his hands to heaven and said, we'll Be back. And then he said, O Lord, God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven, above or on earth, beneath, keeping covenant and steadfast love for your servants, who walk before you with all their heart. The covenant that you kept for your servant, my father David, that you declared to him as you promised with your mouth, and have this day fulfilled with your hand. Therefore, O Lord, God of Israel, Keep for your servant, my father David, that which you promised him, saying, There shall never fail you a successor before me to sit on the throne of Israel, if only your children look to their way, to walk before me as you have walked before me. Therefore, O God of Israel, let your word be confirmed, which you have promised to your servant, my father David. This is a long speech. But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Even heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain you much less this house that I have built. <laughs> Regard your servant's prayer and this plea, O Lord my God, heeding the cry and the prayer that your servant prays to you today. Your eyes may be opened night and day toward this house, the place of which you said, My name shall be there, that you may heed the prayer that your servant prays toward this place. Hear the plea of your servant and of your people Israel when they pray toward this place. O hear in heaven your dwelling place. Heed. And forgive. Likewise, when a foreigner still going, who is not huh? of your people Israel, still going, I think it gets better here though. That's they could have just done this part. Comes from a distant land because of your name. For they shall hear of your great name, your mighty hand and your outstretched arm. When a foreigner comes and prays toward this house, then hear in heaven your dwelling place and do according to all that the foreigner calls to you so that all the peoples of the earth may know your name and fear you as do your people Israel. And so that they may know that your name has been invoked on this house that I have built. Word of God,
1: word of life. Oh, thanks be to God, it's over. Whew. What? Mm. Matt, like, I'm I'm here for Ark of the Covenant, and we did read the cut verses that are suggested, but um, it really feels like this foreigner piece, which could be really good, which is really good, they're just like, eh, stick this on too. It doesn't yes. seem to have a lot to do with the Ark of the Covenant.
0: Yeah, they cut out a couple of verses there. Um, I mean, it's the house of prayer for all peoples, uh, hmm. I guess, but they—it does feel tacked on. It's kind of—it's strange. Like they could have just done that if they wanted to focus on that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess uh, <laughs> the theme we're going with here. So Solomon's built a house. It's a really nice house. Really nice house. I assume he's got. House. Uh,
1: it's a very, very, very fine house. Very
0: fine house. And I assume that uh, he had a crane come out and put in some new AC. It's just, it's looking really good. But we want to be clear that God doesn't only dwell. Like, God is bigger than this house, and even bigger than this people, because when the
1: the so-called mm-hmm. foreigners come,
0: they're going to be welcome as well. At least that's what Solomon prays for.
1: Yeah. The, yeah. I like that. That's a good take, Matt. I like your take. I Prove it. God is bigger. Yeah, that's what we got. I think that's what we got here, Matt. I mean, (laughs) Ark of the Covenant is pretty... I do like the juxtaposition of, you know, people, they're pretty pretty hype, pretty uh, stoked that the Ark of the Covenant is, the temple's ready and the Ark of the Covenant's going to go there. But then it's also saying, even heaven and I, heaven, cannot contain you, much less the house you've built. Um, they're also kind of describing the the folly of this thing they're doing, um, which is a thing you know I appreciate. Yeah. The other one right there shall never. Uh, you promised David that you there shall never fail you a successor before me to sit on the throne of Israel. Um, And there is if only your children look to their way. But uh, that's only going to work out about once, I believe.
0: Good. That's pretty good. Mm -hmm.
1: It's not going to happen again, it turns out.
0: Amazing. Amazing stuff. So the Ark of the Covenant has a house. Solomon says it belongs in a museum or at least in a temple. Got to put it somewhere. Right. So he puts it there. Uh, And maybe this is a good word, you know, as we begin to transition back to in-person stuff. You might be gathering back at church like my church will be by then. Uh, And you're going to say, yeah, it's really good to be together in this place that we love. But let's not forget that God lives beyond this place. Let's not forget what we learned when we were wandering around (laughs) out there in our homes.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, Matt, spoilers for the sermon I'm going to preach this week uh, at St. Mark's, but I think it's... Uh, By this week, you mean you mean last month? Last month, about a month ago, more than a month ago. Um, I think it's, you know, I've talked about it before, the Axis Mundi thing, that Christianity lacks a center of the universe. Compared to some other world religions, like Judaism, has the temple, right, which is a part of what we're we're building up here. And and these days, you know, these days, you know, the Western Wall, of the temple, uh, the only remaining part of the temple uh, within Islam, right? You've got Mecca, which uh, has in, in some ways like this really beautiful centeredness to uh, the Islamic world, right? That you need to if you go to a mosque, there's a niche that is always in the direction of Mecca so that people can orient their bodies and pray that way. And that has its own beauty. Uh, But Christianity lacks a a center of the universe. And one of the ways I experience that map, um, I've not been to Mecca, but I have been to Jerusalem. And I've been to the Western Wall, and uh, Dome of the Rock is right above that, which is another one of the, the particularly holy places of Islam. And I've also been to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, and it feels way different than those other two places um the Holy Church of the Holy Sepulchre is built uh, around the the according to legend it's built around the, the the tomb, the empty tomb where Jesus rose from the dead um, but it feels weird and kind of empty to me um, because the the place itself has never really been at the heart of the tradition um, and like, yeah, it felt way different. And, it, and, and the word I have is emptier um, uh, than, than those other places, than the, the Western Wall and the, the Dome of the Rock. And a part of that makes sense when you think about Christianity as Christianity, that we're worshiping an empty tomb
0: hmm. or that
1: that's the holy place. The holy place is an empty place. Um, and that is the, the promise of this God who, um, for the limitations of the Ark, the Ark can travel up until now. Uh, and that's a part of its power and faithfulness, I think.
0: Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. That's a good connection to um, to Christianity. Well done, Do we got some more with that text? Right. What do we have in this excellent gospel text?
1: Just, uh, oh, this gospel text is about the story of Jesus and the crystal skulls. Uh, Jesus said, here's, here's, this is the exciting conclusion of week three of the bread of life, Matt. And I'm going to, as we get here, the dog, 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 dog days of summer, uh, the lectionary makers, I think are, are, are a little gassed and running out of steam because my issue is not necessarily with three weeks of bread of life. It's with the readings for the three weeks of bread of life all overlap on top of each other. So that you get bread of life Like they intentionally have stretched it To be three weeks Because the verses again That lead into this reading Were the end of last week's reading And that was true last week Uh, So anyway You know last week's reading I think ended at 58, 59 Maybe even 60 Um, Yeah no it ended with the Capernaum line So we're beating the horses Just because we think it's important To beat this horse Not because I I don't know The church, man. (laughs) Anyway, Jesus said in his final discourse on the bread of life, "...those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me, and I in them, just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father. So whoever eats me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like that which your ancestors ate, and they died." Don't forget that, Matt. Your ancestors are dead. "...but the one who eats this bread will live forever." And he said these things while he was teaching at the synagogue in Capernaum. When many of the disciples heard it, they said, This teaching is hard. Uh, Who can hear it is the literal, uh, a more literal translation. But Jesus, being aware that his, and here's another missed opportunity from the translators. I'm a little fussy today. Uh, Jesus, being aware that his disciples were complaining is what NRSV says. Uh, I would translate it as murmur because the Greek word is, you ready for this? Gagazuzin. Guguzusin, which is uh, supposed to be, it's according to to my resources, uh, an onomatopoeic word for like mumble and rumble and grumble.
0: Nice.
1: Right? They're like, they're grumble, 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 right? And instead, NRSV says complaining, which is true, but (sighs) missing a little richness here. Uh, Does this scandalize you, scandalon, or offend you? Then... What if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit that gives life. The flesh is useless. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life, but among you there are some who do not believe. For Jesus knew the future, and he knew from the first who were the ones that did not believe and who was the one that would betray him. And he said, for this reason I have told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted by the Father. And because of this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer went about with him. So Jesus asked the twelve, do you also wish to go away? And Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom can we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. The good news of Jesus, Matt. Praise you, O Christ. I got two notes here, Matt. Uh, And I'll start with a... With a disclaimer, and that is if you're interested in more getting into the flesh and blood, you didn't listen to last week's episode or the week before that. Uh, I talked a little bit about it in the past two weeks. Uh, So trying to find fresh stuff each week, uh, I'm not going to talk about that. Instead, first, I'm going to talk about their ancestors dying, and I made a connection just now as I was reading it. Um, I Again, I'm really just preaching the sermon I'm going to preach to your people, Matt, um, when the pandemic was over, one of the first places I traveled to was one of—I uh, went to one of the holy places uh, in my world. I went to an Axis Mundi for me, which is the old family uh, place in Cat Square, North Carolina, the Road Leatherman Road, where all the Leathermans live, and the old White House and the church that sits on top of the hill next to the apple orchard, the Eden of uh, my life, and um, it is a holy place with lots of holy memories. And yet, every time I go back. Uh, it always feels a bit empty um, because my ancestors have died, right? The things, the people uh, aren't there to gather like we used to. Um, people have moved on like I have, right? And even myself, right? I am not the person that I was uh, back in that nostalgic picture of uh, of my formation. And so I think that, that helps me to better understand this. We've read it a couple times now where Jesus is like, Your ancestors ate manna and they died, and that's actually like a a corollary, or um, a corollary that that makes sense to me because I think I think I think back to those days as as some kind of manna days, uh, really good things happening, life-giving things, and yet I can't go back to there, Um, so I'm not sure that gets us exactly to good news, but it helps me better understand what sounds like Jesus being like a real jerk. (laughs) Reminding you about your dead grandparents. Um, Yeah. So that's something. Yeah. Oh, that's really good. The other thing I'm going to throw in here, Matt, um, I'm struck by this uh, thing where they're, they said it's really hard, we can't hear it. They're mumbling and grumbling and Guggenheiming about it. Uh, And he asks, if this uh, scandalizes you, offends you, then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? Uh, Ascending only gets used one other time in the Gospel of John, and that is the end of the first chapter when Nicholas makes a confession, and Jesus says, "Ah, Verily I tell you that you will see the angels ascending and descending from the heavens on the Son of Man, and the heavens opened up and all this stuff. I think that, uh, you know, tied into our, our arc kind of talk. There is something essential to the character and nature of God, that there is ascension and descension, and that is the rhythm of a life of faith, and it's the rhythm of the life of God, who goes up and comes down and goes up and comes down and goes up and comes down. Um, and I think that's good news, because that God who comes up and goes down over and over again, eventually that God's going to find you. Because we get it in the story. Jesus talks about ascension here, but it's in the context of him talking about the bread of life that comes down from heaven. Uh, You get it all.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's going to find you one way or another. He's going to get you. One way
1: or another. I'm singing songs that aren't on my playlist. I know, right? I know. Who is that? The
0: Pretenders? Who does that song?
1: I believe that's Blondie? Oh, there we go. Wow. Is it, it's either Blondie or Hart. Mm. It's Blondie. Look at you and your 80s knowledge. I believe that's 70s, but 1978.
0: <laughs> what? Really?
1: Oh, yep. God.
0: They were ahead of their time, because it sounds... It's good. Uh, wow. Wow, good stuff. Way to find something new here, all the way this far into the Bread of Life Discourse.
1: You don't that's know how much easier stuff. it was to prepare for next week in the Gospel of Mark than it was to look at this same reading for the third week in a row.
0: Amazing, amazing stuff. Well, what are we listening to? Uh, what are we listening to this week?
1: Well, Matt, if you want to get up, you get down. That's what I say. Uh, and that's what a uh, saint, not sainted yet but the holy uh, Coolio said to me in 6th grade uh, 1, 2, three, four, a.k.a. something something like a sump pump something new from Coolio who says if you want to get up you get down if you want to get up you get down uh, and then Matt when I was I was just I was, I was going to do a house one there's some things but I couldn't I got to get down on it with Cool and the gang uh, which is one of my favorite band names of all time uh, and then for my Prince song, I'm going to go when the lights go down, because the smoke fills the room uh, there in the tabernacle when they bring the ark, and the lights have gone down. Uh, and, you know, for kicks and, uh, uh, kicks and giggles here, uh, I'm throwing blondies one way or another on there. <laughs> well, well done. Well done. Um,
0: yeah, I couldn't help but think, uh, as I was reading, it's time to think of songs as you're reading the texts. And when he spreads out those hands to heaven, all I could think of was that song, Hands to Heaven. (laughs) Hands to Heaven. It's by by Breathe. I had never heard of this band, Breathe. I feel like they must have been a one-hit wonder. Mm. But uh, I remember that song on the radio uh, (laughs) a lot. By the way, speaking of songs that were on the radio a long time ago, we were driving through the Central Valley. And there's a billboard that said, for a local oldies radio station, that said, music was better in the 90s. (laughs) That's (sighs) That's how old we are,
1: man. It was incredible that, that, I did, uh, that an advertising company has created that slogan uh, And put it on the billboard And I know you saw it and you were like Yeah, you're right, it was
0: Right, <laughs>
1: totally did I totally did, but then I also had the thought that like
0: uh, Is that because the 90s are like the, They're about 30 years ago uh, And when I was growing up in the 90s The 60s were 30 years ago was mm-hmm. just again I'm, My mind is melting Oh uh, well. Speaking of our house uh, in the middle of our street, I looked up that one too because I couldn't remember who did it. Because I know there's like, uh, you know, um, how to get this beautiful house. That's like the Talking Heads, right? Mm-hmm. There's that one. And then there's uh, our house in the middle of our street, Laurel Canyon. That uh, you know, just good stuff. But then who did this? Our house is this. It's a back. It says madness, but it's got the little like umlaut over the a. All so right. is that pronounced like
1: oddness? I don't know. I think Who? that's right. I looked it Who up. Who are these people? I don't, I don't think know I know this song. Our house. Who does that? Who does that song? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't um, know, Am I wrong? Um, I don't know if you saw it on the I social, the social internet, Matt. David Byrne, a little while back, a couple months ago now, bought a, a home in like Southern Los Angeles or Southern California for like $30 million <laughs> and uh, everybody posted about it on Twitter saying, this is my beautiful house. Oh, he was
0: asking for it. He was asking for it. Uh, and then, I know, I'm running out of Prince songs, too. It doesn't feel like we should, because he just has so many songs. But mostly I don't know them. So mm-hmm. um, so I'll go with uh, "Playing the Sunshine, uh, thinking about the Ark of the Covenant. God cannot be contained just in this building. Sometimes you've got to go outside and play in the Sunshine like from it. Sign of the Times. We've only got one more week of Prince songs, and then we got to move on and something else. Summer's over, yeah. Well, Well, that's our playlist, which we will update on Spotify, because I know that that's important to folks, and we will continue to do so. But for now, it's been real.
1: Real vinyl.